It's time to wake up, recover from last night's mess, and get your fix of sports caffeine. It's time to kickstart your day with the latest sports news and opinions. Get ready. Sports Caffeine is live in three, two, one. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sports Caffeine. I am one of your hosts, L. Bushman. Alongside me is James Ludeman. And welcome back to the show, the newly engaged, newly not single, Kristen Jawan. Hello. Hello, Hello. Kristen. I'm sorry, boys. I'm sorry, all my fans. You know, we're going to do a a Vegas wedding in 2021, so it's really exciting. And I heard on one of the previous shows, you guys are placing prop bets. So I can't wait to see what these prop bets are. Um, I would like to put up a Twitter poll on our our, our, uh, wedding hashtag as well. One of the prop bets is how many breakups you have uh, before the wedding. So I think the number is three right now. So three is the main, is the starting point for breakups. I use your insider tip. Go with the under because he's been making the bed and doing the dishes lately. So things Ooh. have been really good. Whoa. <laughs> you know, I said I I said on a previous show that three is the number, but because you're here now, I'm going to say zero. So <laughs> zero for me. Zero for I me. Do, I do got to give a shout out to my new fiance soccer team, Liverpool, just won the Premier League about an hour ago. Oh, so that's exciting. Exciting. No, we don't need to talk about Liverpool. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Go course, Chelsea. That's all I'm saying. Of course it is. Of course it is Sports Caffeine. You can stream us live on fanstreamsports.com. And also da- download the app. Make sure you download the app as well, uh, which you can find James' uh, other show, Set the Sales Podcast, is on there as well. And there's a whole bunch of other uh, podcasts that are great that you can check out on Fanstream Sports. Of, of course, you can stream us live also on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and I heart radio. So this is a, a, a special kind of show. We're uh, kind of going away from the normal stuff that we normally do, talking about what the current events are. I figured, hey, let's let's get away from <clears throat> from the NASCAR new skates, from all the other stuff that's going around. Let's let's talk fantasy. Fantasy is creeping up on us, and we and hopefully the NFL season is coming about and, and going to start on time, which they are saying is going to happen. But uh, fantasy football drafts will be coming along in a couple months or so I'm, I'm sure everybody is planning their fantasy football drafts myself included I'm, I'm a commissioner in two leagues so I've got to start getting parties together and hopefully people aren't scared to be out and about to do live drafts uh, but if so they're a bunch of uh, weirdos and you know I guess we'll have to do a virtual draft but anyways we decided to do a fantasy football draft a fantasy football show and one other way to do that is invite a couple of guests that know a lot about fantasy football. I know, Kristen, you are fantasy fantasy football girl on our show, but I wanted to bring in a couple other guys uh, that know their stuff. So, uh, coming first, I'll introduce first, uh, he is a contributor for, uh, for Ball Blast Football. Uh, please welcome to the show, Fantasy Mike. And also, you can call him the executionist. It's the fantasy football executionist. We've got James here as well. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm pumped to be here. So I, I want to get things kicked off first. You know, fantasy football drafts are coming. You know, it's a, it's a big event for a lot of people. And I know it's a big event for me because I get to get out of the house and not be away, you know, be away from my family for a couple hours, get to, you know, draft my team, drink some beers and have a good time and see what, uh, you know, picks people think they, they know it all and, and, and certainly know what to do. So I wanted to get – your mindsets. What's your what's your mindsets going into your guys' draft uh, going into this year? There's so many things going on from from the draft that happened, all the players player switching teams and everything. So, what is your mindset going into this year? And fantasy, Mike, I'm going to go to you first. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, this is this is certainly a weird year for sure. Um, you know, we got the news today that it looks as though everyone's going to be able to start training camp, you know, on the 28th of July and, and things look to be on track. The Hall of Fame game was canceled. But, you know, that's mostly because um, it was the Cowboys and the Steelers, I believe. Yeah. Cowboys uh, and Steelers, having, yeah. yeah. So they would have had to start training camp sooner. And I think they're just trying to be a little more careful. So, you know, a lot of people thought the sky was falling uh, when they canceled that game. But um it is going to be interesting. I mean, training camp will probably be a little scaled back. Um, a lot of people have talked about it already in terms of rookies. You know, are they going to be a little behind the eight ball, so to speak? Uh, I mean, I'm really not knocking rookies too far down my drink, uh, down my rankings, you know, quite yet. But it's definitely going to be interesting. You know, uh, one thing that me and my league mates talked about was maybe adding another IR spot. So um, there's going to have to be a few different changes this year. But I'm not changing my overall draft strategy all that much. And Mr. Mr. Executionist, what are your thoughts going into the year, your draft process? What is your mindset going into this year? Yeah, so for me, it's it's business as usual. Um, I'm approaching the season as if it's nothing's really going to change. Um, and as the season approaches, if we start hearing some news and, and things start getting pushed back and camps can't open the way they normally would, um, I may adjust my rankings. Uh, like Fantasy Mike says, some of the rookies I haven't pushed back yet based on the information we have right now. So I'm going to try to approach it as business as usual and uh, and hope for the best. So that is that is where I'm at right now. Okay. So let's let's start off with, with the you know one of the main players in, in fantasy football is the QBs. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on who is the most overrated, who's the most undervalued quarterbacks going into this year. So I'll jump in. Um, so I I do know somebody's from the the Cleveland area. So I do apologize for this beforehand. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my overrated, and it's gonna be Baker Mayfield for me. Uh, his current ADP has him at quarterback 14. Uh, last year uh, he had a rough year to say the least. Through 21 interceptions, his completion percentage was under 60, percent uh, and he had a very uh, talented supporting cast. I know he had offensive line struggles. I think PFF ranked their offensive line 23rd. Um, but uh, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars were ranked 26th, and Gardner Minshew flourished. Um, so uh, I th- he needs to show me something this year. I was very impressed his rookie year. Uh, he took a step back last year. So I think he's being over – I don't want to say he's overrated, but I think where his ADP is, he's being overrated and overvalued. Chris, and that's I your do boy. Do a, uh, yeah, well, I do a stardom and sit show every week, you know, and – I, I will say every week I said, do not put Baker in your starting lineup. If you do, you don't deserve to play fantasy football. So <laughs> I, do, I do think the Browns are going to be sneakily better this year than they were. I definitely would not draft Baker. Um, some other guys on that team I would, but I think it's more of our line and our defense. It's not our skill position guys. I think we're going to have a better year. I even think like, we'll talk about it later. Like Nick Chubb might take a step back with Kareem Hunt playing a full season, but I do agree with you on that Baker quarterback thing. Um, so Mike, um, yeah. What do you think there? Like your quarterback? Yeah, I think, you know, breakout? Who's well? My, my breakout. It's actually kind of funny that you had, had mentioned him, but um, I'll get to my undervalued guy in a minute. But you know, just in regards to Baker, you know, one thing a lot of people forget too is he did set the rookie passing touchdown record. Um, I do think that he's he's got that talent. You know, last year uh, Freddie Kitchens I think was a little in over his head. Maybe a great coordinator, not a good coach. Um, and, and that offensive line was bad. I mean, it, it truly was. And they added two very very strong tackles this year. Um, so I think that we could see a lot of improvement, but a big thing for me with Baker, uh, especially those guys who I'm, I'm not so sure on what I try to look at is rushing upside. Uh, I actually wrote an article a few weeks ago for ball blast football that said of those, 
uh, over the past five years that have hit 300 yards rushing on the ground. Uh, 70% of them have become a QB1. There's really just not a whole lot of rushing upside there with Baker Mayfield. But there is with Mr. Gardner Minshew. That is my breakout. That is my <laughs> undervalued guy. Uh, he is so incredibly unappreciated. Uh, and, and I just, I don't get it. I mean, he was the, the uh, number 18 quarterback in terms of points per game last year. Uh, last year, he had uh, just about 350 yards in the ground. And what was crazy was he didn't have any rushing touchdowns. So even if he just gets two, three, something on the ground this year, uh, you know, that's going to be even more points for him. I think it's one more year in the system. Um, you know, it's going to be, so I, I, I'm expecting big things for Minshew, but my other guy uh, who I think is getting really undervalued would be Sam Darnold. Um, he's someone who I think probably would have been a lot stronger last year, finished a lot higher, obviously, if he didn't get the kissing disease, the whole mono thing. Um, but actually from week eight on, he had 16 TDs in total, um, including, I think it was six over the, the final four games. Uh, two against Baltimore and a really tough matchup. Uh, and I just think that much like Baker Mayfield, there's been a lot of improvements to his offensive line as well. Um, he's going to have a, a full year of being healthy. So Sam Gar- Darnold and Gardner Minshew are my two breakout QBs. Mike, is it because of the, the mustache and because of the headbands he wears? Is that why? <laughs> Partly. A little, okay. a little bit. A, a little, little bit. bit I guess. Okay. <laughs> Can we can we kind of focus on what what maybe quarterbacks could be duds this year, like the star quarterbacks we've seen, or maybe the the tier twos and tier three quarterbacks that are out there that could just flat out suck. If, you know, we're going to draft them high, but then they just end up, you know, ending up being just a crapshoot. Kind of like when uh, I drafted David Johnson last year as my starting running back, and he just you know took a crap on me. So, are there any QBs that maybe we should avoid in the draft that maybe aren't going to perform uh, to the level that we think they're going to do? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a, let me say, Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to stay in the AFC North. Um, I know he's uh, averaging around quarterback 16 in ADP. Um, he had a year off. Uh, the Steelers' defense is vastly improved. Um, they should have a healthy Connor, um, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, and I think they're going to be in a lot of positive game scripts, um, which will lead to a lot less pass attempts for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I think he becomes more of a game manager this year. Uh, I think he'll be efficient. I think he'll be effective. But in terms of fantasy, I just don't see him being a top fantasy producer. I actually have him as my quarterback 25. Wow. Okay. I think it, I think it may be because he shaved off the uh, drunken Santa beard. Maybe that's why. You're not <laughs> that may there. play into it. You're not really high on Big Ben. Kristen, um, <clears throat> let's let's focus on the running backs now. Let's transition over to running backs. So what do you got for, for running backs? Yeah. Well, see, I, I, you did mention James Conner. You know, he did have a down year and a better year there. So I think there's some guys that had a big year that I think are going to maybe fall off a little bit. Like Dalvin Cook had a good year, lost his offensive coordinator. Um, Derrick Henry had a huge game load in the end of the season last year. Is he going to be as dominant? Christian McCaffrey, we know what he did last year. So of those top five guys, like Aaron Jones, Saquon, Cook, um, Derrick Henry, and CMC, who do you think is going to fall off of those top running backs that we always see kind of not have as productive of the year? How good are you, Mike? Um, you know, I, I, I looked at that list and just hearing that list, I don't think there are many that are going to necessarily fall off. Um, but there are those, I think, who might be able to sneak into that top three. Um, one person that I could actually see finishing as the RB2 and actually has potential RB1 upside is Alvin Kamara. Uh, speaking of injuries in a down year, I mean, this is a guy who has, you know, three times got 81 catches. You know, I mean, he's someone who can do a whole lot. 
Um, he's someone who I think with a full year of Drew Brees, uh, those touchdowns go back up. It, it's he he's going to kind of hit that Goldilocks level, I call it, because in 2018 it was absurd the amount of touchdowns he had. Uh, last year, especially being hurt, those numbers went down. So I think once he brings those numbers back up a little bit, especially with Breeze playing, like I said, the whole year, um, I think Kamara is really, really going to jump back up to one of those top three spots. Um, and uh, one guy that I, I, again, he's not falling out of the top five because he still looked fantastic at the end of the year, especially coming off that ankle injury, uh, is Saquon Barkley. But one thing that is interesting is this. As a rookie, Barkley had 92 catches, and that was with Eli Manning, the check down, dump off master. Uh, now, again, I'm not necessarily putting that as a knock, but um, the, the difference in targets that Saquon uh, saw last year was about two targets per game. So he averaged uh, seven and a half with Eli. He was averaging about five and a half with Danny Jones. Now, who knows what it's going to be like in, in uh, you know, Danny Jones' second year, especially with the fact, you know, that Barkley was hurt last year, but... Barkley is probably the one that I could see falling just a couple spots. He's still a locked and loaded RB1, but he, he's my guy, I think, who, who would probably drop from where people are expecting him to be. So, yeah. So, um, James, like I was saying before, like Nick Chubb maybe might take a little hit because Kareem Hunt's going to be healthy all year, although Stefanski does love to run the ball. So, um, yeah, what are these top running backs do you see that you're, you're, you're like, I'm assuming McCaffrey's going to go number one in most leagues, if not, you know, Derrick Henry maybe, but. Um, is there anyone you see that you want to avoid that might be a big name guy that you, you should stay away from and maybe it's going to really hurt your team this year? So I think for me, one person, uh, out of, especially the five that you mentioned, would be Aaron Jones. Um, I think he's going to have a down year. I still think he's a top 12 running back. Um, so last year he had 33 red zone carries, um, which I think will most likely be cut into by the addition of A.J. Dillon. Um, he, he's due for a touchdown regression. I don't see him scoring 19 touchdowns again. Um with all that being said, I do think he's utilized. I think his usage goes down just a little bit. Uh, his touchdowns will go down. I still think he's a top 12 uh, running back, but um, he won't be the a top three running back like he was last year. And so there's a lot of rookie running backs coming in. You know, we saw uh, Clyde Edwards-Solaire was surprisingly the first one taken at Kansas City there. Um, you know, you have Jonathan Taylor is going to Indy to play with Marlon Mack. Um, so Cam Akers and Edwards Lair are looking to be the top two rookie running backs there. Um, do you see any of these other rookies surpassing them? I know Zach Moss has big goal to be the Frank Gore and uh, Buffalo and stuff. So what rookie running backs are you looking for that may not be these top guys? Sure. Um, I think you, you mentioned some great ones there. I mean, a, a guy you got to mention is Jonathan Taylor. It, it, it is interesting. Um, and it actually kind of blew my mind. So, um, Kate Majuk, actually the, one of the co-founders of ball blast football posted the other night, um, the, the top eight running backs in terms of carries. And she said, can you guess the four after that, you know, nine through 12, uh, one of those was Marlon Mack. So it may be a little surprising to hear that Marlon Mack got, uh, he finished ninth. I think he was tied with Sony Michelle for carries, but, I do think that Taylor's so good, he could eventually take take that role over. Um, I mean, DeAndre Swift, I think he's also got a great opportunity there as well. And, you know, it seems like there's always rookie running backs every year that have a chance, but this year, really especially so. I'm going to touch upon Edward Hilaire for a second. I can't tell you necessarily why, but I just am not as high on him as others. And it sounds so foolish. He was literally handpicked by Mahomes, but I just don't think Williams goes away. And this one isn't even based in numbers. I just I think that the fact that he is going ahead of guys like Chris Carson in some drafts, Mark Ingram, I think is just absurd, especially in redraft. I think that Edward Solaire has a chance at top 20, but 
I think top 15 is a little ambitious for him this year. I'm, I'm a little iffy on him, too. I'm staying away as well because, I don't know, he is a pass catcher. He caught a lot of passes at LSU. I think he had 55, and Andy Reid loves throwing the ball to his running back. But, again, Damian Williams had a strong end of the season, and you just don't know. Patrick Mahomes could be just slinging it downfield all the time. You never know. So I would not take the chance on him and go with someone more solid like a Jonathan Taylor. What rookie running back are you are you looking at as your sleeper guy there, James? So uh, in terms of sleeper, and I, I know you mentioned him earlier, um, and I don't know if he's much of a sleeper, but Cam Akers. I love Cam Akers. Uh, I think he played behind a horrible offensive line in college. Uh, I think he's going to come in this year, um, and he's going to take the job away from Henderson. Um, I don't think Brown really gives you that much in terms of uh, big playability. Uh, so I think Cam Akers takes over as a lead back there uh, probably a couple weeks into the season, and I think he's very successful. Don't talk, right, don't, don't talk too much shit about FSU there, James. Come on now. Don't talk, <laughs> no, talk about the Seminoles way too. Come on. Come on. They're, they're on the, they're on, they're, they're trending up. I mean, they got a new coach. Things are, things are changing over there. Come on now. Could I just, could I, can I go back on, on acres real quick? Cause I, I a hundred percent agree with acres. Acres is actually my pick for 2020 offensive rookie of the year. That could be slightly biased considering I have him in dynasty, but no, I think acres is someone who's been a stud since he came out of high school. He was a top five recruit. Uh, he chose Florida State over a lot of other places, and that line was terrible. I think he's someone that can also catch the ball. I think he's going to take over. But just really, really quick on Zach Moss. Um, I, of course, you know, working for Ball Blast, uh, we gotta we got to give Zach Moss some love. But it, at the same time, I really do think that he's going to surprise some people. Uh, he's going in the 10th round right now. But this is a guy that, as a running back, averaged about 14 yards a catch last year so especially in ppr leagues i think that he's got a chance to really show out and the bills want to run the ball you mentioned frank gore he just wasn't very efficient last year i think that they wanted him to be more effective they want to have that two-headed monster um and i think that zach moss can come in and he's got a great opportunity and to just kind of go back a little bit to quarterbacks um Part of the reason I am so down on Josh Allen this year is because of Zach Moss. So Josh Allen, if you really look at it, it surprises some people. He had barely over 3,000 yards passing, and he had 20 touchdowns, yet he finishes the QB6. Well, why was that? It was because of his rushing upside and the fact that he had nine touchdowns. But here's the thing. I don't care how big he is. No team wants to be giving their, their quarterback the ball that much in the goal line. So I think if Gore was more effective, you would have seen Allen have less carries. And the thing that I'll leave Allen with is this, is even if you, he had nine last year, so say you bring it down to five, right? If you take away those points, it's about 50 points. He would have been the QB 13 on the year. So Josh Allen is actually the, the stud quarterback the one that everyone thinks is going to be this guaranteed top five guy again that i think is really going to drop and that's partly because of zach moss to add to that real quick i think devin singletary's value is also going to go down devin singletary was great other than when he was hurt last year and i think same with like nick chubb they're going to have that two-headed monster he's going to lose carries and i think moss might be the goal line guy there in those situations so Mm -hmm. i would take moss over singletary in a lot of those cases can I just jump back to uh, Kai Edwards-Alaire real quick? Uh, I just got sure. an interesting tidbit that I want to throw out there because I think this is important. So um, their GM, Brett Veach, uh, he was an intern and coaching assistant with Andy Reid in Philadelphia during the Brian Westbrook years. Um, so there was a story where he was reviewing tape of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, and he compared him to Brian Westbrook, and he said just flat out he's better than Brian Westbrook. And as a Giants fan – Brian Westbrook hurt me so many times. I know how good he was. 
Um, so, so I expect big things from Clyde Edwards Lair. I think he starts out as a third down back. I know, like you mentioned, uh, Williams isn't going anywhere. Um, so I think he starts the season as kind of the lead rushing back, the first and second down back. But I think eventually he'll take over. And I mean, Mahomes vouched for him as well in the draft. So I, I think he's going to be a big part of their plans. And I think he's a lock for at least 50 receptions this year. Let me ask you guys before we transition over to wide receivers. Could we see Hilaire maybe playing a little bit of special teams? Because he was a special teams guy at LSU. And although I know that made his value, especially in the draft, really go up because he can do special teams. Do you think Kansas City will utilize him for maybe some punt returns or anything like that? I think that's a possibility. I also think he spends some time in the slot as well. Um, I think they're going to try to spread him out, get him in open spaces, get him the ball, and just let him go to work. Okay. Yeah, we, you, you can totally see that. And I love what you said, putting him out wide, putting him out in the slot. You know, he can definitely uh, – he's shown that he has the ability to do that at LSU. Um, you know, and, and you kind of look at the Kansas City receiving core, and behind Tyreek Hill is a lot of question marks. I mean, I don't want to jump into wide receiver yet. You know, I know we're getting there. But, you know, everyone's talking about Nicole Hardman. They re-signed uh, Demarcus Robinson, but there's probably a lot of opportunity there. Yes, Kelsey, of course, is, is there as well, but um, there's there's probably a lot of targets to be had behind Hill and um, and Kelsey. So Hilaire could surprise. Good. I mean, KC's one of the fastest teams in the league right now. I mean, with the added speed, especially with him as a pass catcher. I mean, that's 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 Mahomes' numbers going up, up, and through the roof when it comes to fantasy value and everything. So, all right, so I want to transition to wide receiver. And one of the reasons why I brought you guys on the show was because I made a comment the other day on Mr. Executionist's uh, PPR rankings for the top 12 wide receivers <laughs> where – and this is my opinion, of course. I thought everything looked good all the way down until the sixth and seventh spot where I said Hopkins could maybe should maybe jump and go above Galladay, and then I got ripped to shreds by these two guys. So – I want to I want to go through the the top twelve that uh, the executionist did. So he's got Michael Thomas at number one, Devonta Adams at number two, Julio Jones at three, Godwin at four, Tyreek Hill at five, Galladay and Hopkins six and seven, DJ Moore at eight, Robert Woods at nine, Thielen at ten, and then Mike Evans and Cooper Cup at eleven and twelve. James, you're shaking your head, so I want to I want to get your opinion on that list. What do you think? Uh, I think it's I think it's disrespectful to put Mike Evans at number eleven. <laughs> you guys are tripping. This guy is one season away from breaking a, a thousand yards a career in a row in consecutive seasons. Now there is a lot of folks out there who believe he's not going to get it. Uh, I disagree with that. I think he is going to get a thousand yards this year. I think Godwin is going to get a thousand yards. Now, do I necessarily agree with Mike Evans being a, a top five right now? No, I don't. Uh, and the reason is, is because, first of all, Godwin is is, is really transitioned to kind of our, our guy, even though I still think Mike Evans is a wide receiver one for our team. Uh, Godwin is, is clearly in that same conversation if you were to look at that ranking. Um, but I, I just I don't like the disrespect of Mike Evans. I really don't. <laughs> this guy, and, and listen, and you know how I know that is because I watched some t- I watched some tape today on Tom Brady working with him at practice out at Berkeley Academy. And uh, this dude's throwing dimes to Mike Evans, and it's going to happen all season. Um, again, he's he's a guy who I really think could be 
a, a top seven or eight wide receiver. I don't know if I would drop him as far down as 11. I think that's, I, I just think that's too low for him. Yeah. I do so, remember Randy Moss and Tom Brady got to play together and there were some records set. So. See? See? Yeah. So, no, no. So I, yeah, but I, please I, don't bring up that season because it didn't end very well. Oh, <laughs> Hold on. Dave, David Tyree made the greatest catch I've ever seen. That year, yeah, there you go, James. Not listening. But, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. So, so, so James, maybe this will make you feel better. So I stat out uh, every team I go through uh, each position. I have Mike Evans down for 76 receptions, 1,254 yards, and nine touchdowns. I don't think he's having a bad year by any stretch. I think the thing that hurts him just in terms of his PPR rankings is his number of receptions. He's never been a high reception guy. He kind of sits in the upper 60s, low to mid 70s. Uh, I think that's what hurts him in terms of PPR. But I, I agree with you 100%. I think him, Brady, Gawain, that's going to be scary. Um, and I think they're going to put up a lot of numbers. Um, I just I think Godwin um, sitting in that that slot role. I know he lines up there about 50 percent of the time. Brady loves the slot. And I think he's just going to feed Godwin. Um, so no disrespect to Mike Evans. <laughs> Put some respect on that name. Speaking of the slot, the one I disagree with is uh, Adam Thielen there. Because I don't think he's going to be in the slot. They're going to have Jefferson probably in the slot. You have Diggs gone. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a down year. I think Adam Thielen is going to be drafted too high. And I think he's going to finish well below his ADP. That's the one I disagree with. Okay. All right, so I want to respond to that real quick. I was going to say, Fantasy Mike was like licking at the chops there for a second. He was doing this Adam and doing this. should be way higher than he is oh, really? actually, and okay. here's why. Um, because one thing, uh, and I actually put a thread about this the other day, a huge narrative that's being missed with the Vikings is the fact that Kirk Cousins last year threw the ball 444 times. His career average is 573. So it is just this absurd absolutely absurd outlier and there's really not any other reason for it except for the fact that Dalvin Cook was really good last year I, I, I don't know what it was but I think that there just has to be positive regression everyone always wants to just I think there's a lot of wishful thinking when it comes to positive regression every year and people just say well he's got to do better but he has to do better he 444 yards last year Adam Thielen was really hurt and this is a guy that had two top 12 finishes right in a row before that so um, I just think that of course Justin Jefferson is very good. I, I agree. I think that he actually probably finishes as the top rookie wide receiver. I'm a big, big Justin Jefferson fan. Um, but I do think that Adam Thielen is still far superior to him right now, and he's going to get peppered with targets, especially if Dalvin Cook holds out or he's injured or whatever. I think that this is a year for Thielen. So I would actually kind of bump him up a little bit in the rankings, and I would probably drop DJ Moore. I'd probably switch him and DJ Moore, to be honest. So let, let me ask you this, because and I know this is one of our questions. I hope I'm not jumping the gun on somebody. But but I want to ask, because, you know, we talked about Godwin and Evans. Uh, obviously, the NFC South is stacked with really good wide receiver duos on every team, Julio and Ridley. Uh, now you have Emmanuel Sanders with Michael Thomas. I mean, so is there – is there a duo that you look at this year outside and, and I'll say outside of Tampa Bay, because I think both of those guys are going to be toward the top already Godwin and Evans. Uh, but is there another duo that you're looking at that you're just saying that's money. And you, if you have an opportunity to get this duo, go do it. You know, where, where's the money in the wide receiver duo department? James. So for me, so for me, obviously Tampa Bay is my number one duo. But with that being said, I love Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I think they are going to both be uh, right near the top twelve receivers. I got Robert Woods as my wide receiver nine. So hear me out on this. Um, over the last, <laughs> over the last seven games, the last, 
<laughs> Over the last seven games of last year, uh, Woods was on a 16-game pace for 181 targets, 119 receptions, 1,515 yards, and five touchdowns. He also adds uh, an additional 18 to 19 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown in the last two years. Um, I think uh, what L.A. did was they ran a, a lot of uh, 12 personnel towards the end of last year. Woods became one of the main targets along with Higby. I, I know Cup kind of slipped back a little bit, but I think that wide receiver combo – uh, is going to put up big numbers this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Woods even slides into the top seven. I'm a huge Robert yeah. Woods fan. <laughs> I'm, 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 only, I'm only shaking my head because they have to fix Jared Goff because he, he was terrible last year. I mean, just outright a, 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 a dumpster fire last year. And that's why I'm shaking my head because having those two up there, it's just it all relies on him. And, and if, if they – if they can't fix Jared Goff's problem, whatever it is. If he has the yips, if he's got some kind of performance issues, then those two guys are not even going to be in that conversation. So he said the, he said the yips. Uh, yeah, That's I awesome. said the yips. God damn it! No, maybe you are, you are maybe my boys just gave it to him real hard in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and he never recovered. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe no. But the thing about Goff too is. He threw the ball more than anyone in the league last year. So my, one, my mantra is this, and I've, I've, read, I've wrote it in pretty much almost every article um, that, that I've had out there, targets over everything. Bobby Woods had 11.3 targets per game over the last six weeks. From weeks 9 to 16, he was the second, number two, as in in the entire league, leading scorer over the last half of the season. And, you know, as you had mentioned, too, the switch to 12 personnel is big, and you saw a complete switch. You know, Cup went down and Woods went up. Higby also exploded, too. But yeah. um, Robert Woods, though, here's the thing. Before that, he was a top 15 receiver for two years in a row. He finished 11th and then 14th. So I, these people that are like, Robert Woods can't be a wide receiver one, it, I just don't know where it's coming from. He's proven what? it. He's done it. You know? You also had Cooks, <clears throat> Cup, and Woods in the top 15 every week almost. Three receivers on the same team, and Cooks is gone. Yeah. So hear me out now, okay? Kind of a sleeper wide receiver duo. What do you have to get about this? Corey Davis and A.J. Brown with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee next year. Because I know Corey Davis had a career high in his uh, – what was it? He, I have it written down here. He had a career high in catch rate and yards per reception. So you're getting those yards out of the catch. And we know A.J. Brown was big. Do you think Tannehill and the Titans can have that same success with those wide receivers? I don't Go trust ahead. Tannehill as far as he could throw it. I don't, and that and that's that's my problem. Far, and Kristen, far, but Kristen, I just don't I don't trust him. And Kristen, he got a ton of money, so mm, probably not. Yeah, exactly. My concern with them is I don't think they throw it that much in order to make sure both of them are like really top fifteen wide receivers. Um, I still believe in Corey Davis's talent. Um, I just I don't know. He's he's had a rough go of it with his quarterback play, um, but I just. Personally, I don't see it, uh, but um, – All right, and then last one. What about – does Larry Fitzgerald still have it in the tank to have your Hopkins-Fitzgerald as a duo? I mean, that, maybe not top ten, but can they – because you have Christian Kirk and Andy and Isabella there as kind of um, decoys too. So what do you think about so that? I would, uh, I would switch out Fitzgerald and Kirk. I think Kirk slides into the number two this year. Okay. Uh, I think Fitzgerald takes a bit of a step back. Um, I think he's still a reliable and he's a great receiver, but I think Christian Kirk – uh, he proved it last year. Uh, he was playing very well before his injury. Um, I think Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins could be a, a definite dynamic one-two combination. Are there any wide receivers that 
will fall under the radar, and I feel bad that my daughter just cried because I turned frozen off. Uh, are there any <laughs> wide receivers? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Why would you do that? I know. Well, she went out of the room, so I had to go run out and get her. Are there any yes, wide receivers? <laughs> are there any wide receivers that are are poised for a breakout season that were kind of on the fringe last year that were in that? wide receiver tier two borderline you know they were in the threes going into twos and then all of a sudden they just came out of nowhere are there any breakouts that will just come out of nowhere that we won't expect um one person that i want to bring up actually um some people may expect it some people may not but is uh anthony miller actually uh i'm 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 a big fan of him i mean alan robinson is someone who is going to dominate dominate targets there no matter what but if you look at anthony miller um, he actually averaged, I think it was uh, almost eight targets a game uh, from week 11 on. Um, there were some games where he had double-digit targets, and he's a guy who was probably going to play in the slot more. And especially if Nick Foles takes over for Trubisky, um, Anthony Miller's a guy I've been kind of waiting to, to see break out. He's had a couple injuries over the past year or two as well. Um, I think kind of got him off to a slow start. But once he's been given the opportunity, he's really showed out. But my big, big breakout receiver this year um, is actually Preston Williams. So, and there's there's a couple of reasons for that. One, he was an absolute stud in college. And were it not for an off-field incident uh, that happened when he was, I think it was like 17, 18, um, he likely would have been the first receiver taken in the draft that year. Um, and last year too, you know, he got hurt, played the first eight weeks, but he played with Fitzpatrick and he averaged seven and a half targets a game. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a cool little stat too, um, that from week six onward last year, he was the number two uh, scoring quarterback in fantasy as well. So I don't think Tua is going to get in uh, as quickly as some believe. I would not be surprised if Tua actually sat the whole year, believe it or not. Um, especially if I think, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, but the reason why is because especially that hip injury, they're just going to take it super careful with him. And if, if Fitzpatrick is still balling out, um, you know, I think Williams could really come out and actually maybe even overtake Devontae Parker as good as he was last year. So those are kind of my two really, really big breakout receivers. And then I have some deep sleepers later uh, if we get to those. But Are there any guys that we should maybe avoid in the draft this year that we were really high on last year? Are there some guys that we should avoid? So I'll start with one. I know this is probably going to be pretty unpopular, uh, but I'm avoiding DK Metcalf. Uh, right now his ADP is wide receiver 21, actually one ahead of Tyler Lockett. Uh, which I think is crazy. Um, I think uh, DK Metcalf is a great receiver. I think he's going to put up numbers very similar, probably a little bit better to what he did last year, but I don't think he meets his ADP. Um, I still think he's a year or two away from really jumping into that top 15 wide receiver uh, threshold. Um, and I say all this just because Tyler Lockett is still there. Tyler Lockett before week 10 was on pace to be the number two wide receiver in fantasy. Um, I don't see that changing at all. I think he puts up a really good year. I actually have him as my wide receiver 13. I think he cracked the top 12, top 10. Um, so I, I still think DK Metcalf is a year away from really breaking out. Um, and that's why I wouldn't draft him just where he is at his ADP. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so let's. Oh, go no, ahead. Sorry. no, 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 you're, you're good. You're good. You're good. I, I, uh, I actually kind of wanted to one guy really stayed away from. Uh, he actually was a, a breakout last year. He wasn't ranked high heading into the season. No one knew about him. But um, I I don't want anything to do, unfortunately, with 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 A.J. Brown at his price. Because, Shame! Uh, Shame! Shame! <laughs> I, got a whole, bro, Shame! I got a whole article for you on that. Whole article for you on that. And the reason why is this. A.J. Brown 
had 52 catches last year. All right. He is not going to repeat those numbers. The Titans are the are, are the only team in like the past five years that have passed the ball less than 450 times two years in a row. Uh, there's no reason for them to change that offense. That offense got them a game away from a Super Bowl last year. And A.J. Brown is just not going to repeat those efficiency numbers. It's just not going to happen. He had over 20 yards a catch. Uh, he also, uh, 54% of his yards last year came on 11 plays. And do you know when he actually broke out? That was when Derrick Henry won on his otherworldly tear at the end of the season. A.J. Brown is one of the biggest boomer bust guys in the league. And until he gets more than 84 targets and 52 catches, I just can't trust him. As like the wide receiver, 17. I mean, I'm not saying that he's not going to have his big weeks, but if you're trusting A.J. Brown as your wide receiver one, uh, you, you might as well just not even look at your team after week one. You are it's not going to go far if A.J. Brown is your number one receiver. It's just Mike, not I t- Mike, I tell you one thing, though. Finding him on the waiver wire and then just, okay, I need a wide receiver this week. And all of a sudden, he's one of my dudes for the rest of the way. I rode that guy all the way to the fantasy football championships, man. It was it was something as, of, as of, of man, beauty. I, I really did. I'm not lying. I'm not just saying I actually did, too. He won me a championship last oh, really? year, too. But... That, that was my DJ yeah. Shark. But last, here's my yeah. question. Uh, so the Colts now, you have Philip Rivers and the Colts. You know Paris Campbell was supposed to be breakout, um, you know, when that ran that great 40. And then they grabbed Michael Pittman. You still have T.Y. Hilton there. Do you think these Colts receivers are going to have a big year? Or what do you see? Do you see Philip Rivers throwing it? I mean, what are your plans? Yeah. Draft them, love don't it. draft them, what? <laughs> love it. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. the Colts receivers. I actually, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. was one of my very deep sleepers. I think this he could essentially be this year's A.J. Brown. Um, he's a big body receiver. Philip Rivers loves those receivers in the red zone. I could envision him uh, getting 45 to 50 receptions, six to 700 yards, eight to 10 touchdowns this year with Indianapolis. And I think T.Y. Hilton goes off as well. I think he's being criminally undervalued. I think he could jump into the top 15 even higher, depending on. I think his... he's criminally undervalued every single year. Like, yeah. Nobody wants. I don't know why. That guy's amazing. Yep. Yes, yep. absolutely. absolutely. I, I said as much a few weeks ago, you know, he had he, four, four out of the last five years, the guy's gone over 1,100 yards. He was hurt last year. And here's the thing. Philip Rivers finished fourth in the league in passing last year. So everyone wants to get all over Philip Rivers, but that guy can still pick the ball. You know, the so it's be sneaky good. They, they have a great yeah, defense, great offensive line. Now they have Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Colts are going to be a really a team to look out for this year. Yeah, well, Philip Rivers is older. Philip Rivers is old. He's right? playing Just like a dog, Brady. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So Philip yeah, Rivers I, may I, throw I, it to the other team about twenty times this year. But, <laughs> well, that's still thinking <laughs> but he's been he's been doing that for years, though. It's not like it's a new trend for him. But anyway, mm-hmm. all right, let, let's transition a little bit because we talked about this in the beginning of the show. Rookies. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some rookies. I know we've kind of touched on a few of them already, but here's the thing. And I want to ask you this because, as you saw when you mentioned the name of who I think is going to be the best rookie QB out of this class, Tua Tungapailoa. Uh, out outside of Tua, who's going to be the best, and maybe if you want to comment <laughs> on why I'm wrong, that's okay. Um, I actually really think, and and this is an interesting pick for me, but I really think Justin Herbert with the Chargers is going to step up and be a decent fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, he's got a very he's got a pretty decent team over there, and and you know with the Chargers and things like that. Good offensive line to me. Good running back, obviously. Um, so who are some rookie QBs that you're taking? Let's say if you're in, cause for me, I have a league and actually this is going to maybe astound you, but I have a league of 20. Uh, we were able to split it up in ESPN into different divisions. So each, each division has four teams, stuff like that. So, you know, if you're later on in the round and you're trying to get a good QB, you may have to take a rookie QB. 
So who are some rookie quarterbacks this year uh, that are going to step up and, and be good fantasy producers? We'll, we'll start with Mike. Um, it, is it too easy to say, Borrow? I mean, obviously, <laughs> he's the number one pick, but I, I honestly love the fit for him so much because, um, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, listen, the first thing I hear, uh, if, if you follow me, you know, I am the leader, the, the president of the Tyler Boyd fan club. Um, I do believe Tyler Boyd is going to be a wide receiver one. And then people jump down my throat and go, dude, you, rook, play, people who play with rookie quarterbacks, they, they can't. It's not going to happen. It's just impossible. But you got to look at the scheme fit. You got to look at things, the fact like Zach Taylor uh, learned under Sean McVay. He's used to being in a system that throws the ball a lot, that has three receivers. Uh, and if you actually look at, at the difference between Dalton and Finley last year, Dalton was throwing the ball about 40 times a game. So even just by simply giving Burrow that volume, I think that he's going to put up some numbers. And, I mean, he was just an absolute stud last year. But, you, I mean, you saw my thunder with Herbert, too. I think Herbert's going to be really good. Um, you know, there's, he's got the rushing upside there, but – one thing that Herbert has in L.A. too is Mike Williams, and I think that he is the perfect fit for him. Mike Williams actually led the league in yards per catch last year and averaged up the target, and Justin Herbert had the fourth most deep passing TDs over the past two seasons. So um, I think that you're, you're 100% right. I think that he is. it's a perfect fit for both of those guys, um, and it seems easy that the first two taken, but, I mean, I like I said, I don't know if two was going to play, so – I don't know if there really are a whole lot of other rookie quarterback options that I'm I'm interested in this year. Yeah. So so for me for me I'm all in on Joe Burrow. Uh, I definitely think he has probably the best supporting cast in terms of rookies uh, with AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Joe Mixon, um, and I think he's just he's a smart enough quarterback coming into the league. I think he's going to adjust very quickly. Uh, I am in uh, the opposite opinion of Justin Herbert. I actually think Tyrod Taylor might start the entire year. Call me crazy. Um, I think the Chargers' defense is really, really good. I think the Chargers' offensive line is good and improved. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well. Um, I know Austin Eckler is going to be great, especially out of the backfield. Um, so I think they're going to be in contention for a lot, a large portion of the year. And I don't see Justin Herbert getting a start maybe until the end of the season, week 12, 13, 14, if that. See, my problem so with like, Tyrod uh, Taylor is that he was replaced once before. I mean, it, it's literally, it, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, again, it's a situation <laughs> and, where I look at a guy like Tyrod Taylor and Baker yeah. and Baker too. Yeah. Um, so it's not the first time he's been asked to come in and try to, you know, retool an offense that is without, you know, a, a solid quarterback. I'm not going to say Phillip Rivers is, is the best quarterback to play because I don't think that's true at all. But I think every year, you know what you're getting with Phillip Rivers. Mm -hmm. Now they're resetting, the Chargers are resetting with a quarterback with Tyrod Taylor where you really don't know what you're going to get. You're either going to get a decent quarterback who can, who can win you some games or you're going to get the Tyrod Taylor who's been replaced several times. But I think sure. with Justin Herbert, I think there's a good opportunity for him to come in and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to work hard, do what I got to do, and then when Tyrod Taylor falters because it, it's going to happen. I don't think he plays the whole year. I think he's not, he's, he's not on that level to do so. I think Justin Herbert comes in and, and takes that job and then maybe even takes them to the next level next year. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but next year or the year after, I think the Chargers are going to be really good. I want to touch on Joe Burrow for a second. Um, I, so, like, if there's a, a veteran quarterback there, what is your ranking on Joe Burrow for quarterback? Uh, or is 80? I mean, like, you have, like, who, what guys are around him? I'm not sure. Um, 
Like if you have the option between a veteran and Joe Burrow, I'm going with the veteran. I mean, Cincinnati's got the 30th offensive line the last year. You know, he's probably going to be running for his life. We've seen rookie quarterbacks just get decimated. A lot of Washington, I would say, and things like that. So if I have the option between, you know, a second year, third year guy, or maybe a guy who's equal there in that position, I'm going to go with the veteran. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking Joe Burrow as my starting quarterback for this year. I don't know. Would you guys? <laughs> I would not, no. So okay. Joe Burrow, I think he's going to be successful, but obviously that success is going to be on the level of a rookie quarterback. Um, right. He's currently my quarterback 22 uh, and cover okay. years fantasy Mike. He's sitting between Gardner Minshew at 21 and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at 23. I would take um, either of those two, yeah, over Burrow. Yeah, actually. so yeah. So that's where I currently have him. I think he's going to be successful, especially for a rookie. Uh, I think he could potentially push uh, Baker Mayfield's touchdown record. Um, I think that's a possibility, um, but I don't think he's going to carry or help carry your team to a fantasy title this year. I would love him as a backup. Maybe he's a great backup and he is producing and I throw him in halfway through the season. So yeah, uh, that's my Burrow question. Carry um, on. <laughs> first of all, anyone not named Mahomes, uh, I'm taking Minshew. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> no, it's a complete joke, but um burrow i am higher i'm just higher on cincinnati than everybody else i mean you had mentioned the offensive line and it was horrendous last year absolutely um but they did they are getting two pretty big additions so last year uh they drafted jonah williams i think he was the first tackle off the board last year was hurt destroyed his whole rookie season uh uh, xavier suafilo came there too no not a huge name but pretty solid addition but um some veterans that i would take burrow over uh, I'm probably taking him over Baker Mayfield, over Ryan Tannehill, um, maybe even over Garoppolo. I know it seems crazy. I just think that Burrow is the best quarterback to come out since Andrew Luck. And I think that they want to throw the ball. I mean, they drafted T. Higgins right after that. They want Burrow to be successful. They want him to be the leader of the offense. Um, and I think that last year when you have Ryan Finley in there, obviously you can't do the things with Ryan Finley that you could do possibly with someone like Burrow. I think I'm maybe a little high on Burrow, but I could see Burrow finishing somewhere in, in the 15 to 20 range um, ahead of uh, some guys. But again, outside of super flex leagues or two quarterbacks, do I want him as my QB1 right now? No. But is there a chance he could get kind of closer to that than people think? I think so. Possibly. So let me ask you this. What, what's a quarterback or, or maybe even a player? We'll, we'll just open it up to player just for a second of rookies or maybe – uh, Second-year guys, I'll, I'll kind of open it up because it's a little limited. I, to me, I think the rookie class had some really good, you know, players in it, but I don't think it was like a super standout rookie class this year. I know there was a lot of really solid rookies to me, but I don't think it was like the best rookie class we've ever seen uh, for a lot of positions. But maybe name a couple guys who who you're watching this year that are going to be sleeper picks that you know are just going to come in and they're going to play well and they're going to they're going to really affect change. Like for me. I was I was really high on the Bucks getting Devin White, um, and I was right about that, thankfully, uh, because I was totally wrong on Vernon Hargraves, and I'll admit that publicly. Uh, so you know, so I look at a guy like Devin White, who was just this great player in LSU, and has come in and really jumped to just this elite linebacker that we're looking at now, which is fantastic. So who who is a guy that you're looking at, or maybe a couple guys you're looking at to have a really big year? James, we have the same name. We'll start with you. So I'm going to go uh, to a guy that many people probably aren't talking about, but that's Antonio Gibson for the Washington Redskins. Um, so he's he's dynamic. Um, I think he's going to get the opportunity to get the ball in space this year, and I don't think he has a set position. I think he's going to be in, lined up in the backfield. I think he's going to line up in a slot. I think they're going to try to get him all over the field and get him with the ball in space. 
Um, I know Ron Rivera compared his skill set to Christian McCaffrey, which I think, uh, which I thought was crazy. Um, but just getting <laughs> getting that kind of accolades from your head coach and, and just seeing what he can see in you and what potential that you have, I think he could surprise some people. Mike, and we're we're talking rookies specifically. Rookie, yeah, second ro- year. rookie, second year, so, somewhere in there. Okay, um, so uh, I'll focus a little bit on receiver. I feel like the rookie running backs have been talked about so much. We touched upon them a little bit earlier, but um, there are two rookie wide receivers I think that could really surprise this year. One that's been talked about um, kind of a lot, and he's really not a secret anymore, is Brian Edwards out in um, in Las Vegas. Oh, that sounds weird. Um, right? So, <laughs> right? right? Oh, I'm getting used to that. Um, but he's somebody who, uh, kind of like uh, Preston Williams, well, for a little different reasons, but uh, th- this was due to injury. He uh, at South Carolina was an absolute stud. I mean, you you look at his numbers; he was a monster there, and he probably would have been drafted higher had he not gotten hurt. I know it's a very crowded receiver room in Vegas, um, but I think that he was kind of brought in uh, to kind of grow with Rugs and Renfro, who I think is also being incredibly overlooked. Overlooked, but Terrell Williams, I just it doesn't he just doesn't do it for me. So. Um, but the guy that I want to bring up is uh, Devin DuVernay. He's somebody who I've really been pounding the drum for as well. He is actually uh, – he was a third-round pick for the Ravens this year. And I want to be a little bit careful uh, because I do think that, you know, Hollywood Brown is going to have a nice year. Mark Andrews is still there as well. But Devin DuVernay is the perfect type of receiver for Lamar Jackson. He's that tough little slot – not even little slot guy. I mean, he's a solid kid. Um, you know, that that's going to play in the slot. It's going to be a quick, easy target for Lamar. A lot of people are talking about Miles Boykin, but he's an outside guy. That's not Lamar's game. And Devin Duvernay reminds me a lot of a Steven, uh, Steve Smith type of player. Also, if you watched John Harbaugh's reaction when he drafted him, he looked like that kid that got, you know, they know that video, that kid gets N64 for Christmas, and he like, <laughs> like, that's what John, yeah, like that. Like he got John a shiny, shiny new toy for Christmas. Oh, dude, he freaked out. Like, John Harbaugh, was, he was so happy that he was being there. So I think that's a guy that could really um, surprise some people this year, too, is DuVernay. I've been on record as saying that I think he has a chance to be the wide receiver one in Baltimore by next year. I know it's a I'm hot writing take. it down. I'm Write it down. Write it down. James, James and Mike, what about the guys that were drafted pretty early, like uh, Jerry Judy, uh, CeeDee Lamb, like those guys? Do you see the level of success coming from them? Because I mean, th- those are pretty high guys that were really drafted high. They were, you know, the breakout guys in the combine, and then when they when they were drafted through through their teams, you know, out of those, out of Judy and, and Ceedee Lamb, you know, which one do you, which one of those guys do you think is going to have more of an instant impact than the other? So for me, I'm gonna. I think Jerry Judy is going to have more of an instant impact. I think Ceedee Lamb is going to be better long term, especially if he stays in Dallas with Dak Prescott. But I would even take Justin Rieger over both of them just in terms of fantasy production for his rookie year. Um, I think Alshon Jeffrey, I don't even know. He may start on the pup. He may miss the first six weeks. Uh, we don't know the extent of where he is in terms of rehabbing from his injury. Um, Deshaun Jackson's going to be there. But, again, he's been battling injuries for, for the past couple of years. Um, so I think Justin Rieger is going to be a, a problem in Philadelphia, especially a problem for my Giants, which I'm worried about. But um, I think he's going to be a super productive receiver for the Eagles this year, especially with Wentz. Um, so I like him over the uh, Judy and Lamb. But if I had to choose between Judy and Lamb, be Judy. Okay. Is Mike. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones the answer? 
for you? He, he is. He is. And for I, now. I'll he he ripped up. He, look, and I'm saying that because I watched him just take us to school last year. We should have made the field goal and beat y'all, but still. I, I mean, yeah. I watched this kid come in, and I go, wow, this, this kid has got it. Is he – is he going to progress this year? But sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, that's fine. To... I'm a huge Danny Dimes guy, so please go on. <laughs> no, so so when he was drafted, um, I wasn't one of the fans that completely tore up the pick. Um, I'm usually pretty, I'm a half glass full type of person, so I was optimistic. Um, I mean, that game was his first start, and he really surprised me. Um, I thought he was going to play well. I didn't think he was going to play that well. I think the biggest thing for him is the turnovers. Uh, he's got to stop fumbling. Um, I know he's he made some pretty bad throws last year um, to the I know especially the Packer game stands out to me um, in particular. He threw a couple of interceptions that game that had me scratching my head. But I think a rookie quarterback is going to make those mistakes. I think he is the answer. Uh, I think he's got the right mindset for New York. I think he's very Eli esque. Um, so I'm excited about him. So we talked a lot about rookies. Um, we know rookie tight ends don't normally make a difference. We haven't really talked tight end, but. Uh, Second-year tight ends. I want to look at these guys. You have no fans coming in the second year. You got Hawkinson and Dawson Knox was sneakily good last year. Of these second-year tight ends, because um, I know if you don't get a – I think Ertz might drop off. If you don't get a Kelsey or a Kittle, the tight end position has really dropped off in points over the last 10 years. I did a whole stat sheet seeing Jimmy Graham used to put up mad numbers in New Orleans. And not as, and not as uh, big a position unless you have those top three guys. But do you see Fant or Hawkinson or um, Knox as those second-year guys having – who are you taking out of those three? Um, you know, it, it's been hard for me to kind of sift through all of those. I think another guy that I want to add in there too is um, uh, Gesicki, although it might be his, his third year. Um, but uh, Hawkinson for me is probably the one out of out of most of those guys uh, that I would take because I just believe in Stafford so much. I think that he was also trying to go to him in the early part of the year. Hawkinson also was somebody who was an absolute stud coming out of Iowa, as was Noah Fant, but. My concerns with Drew Locke, which are on record, and I am just clearly out, completely out on Drew so Locke. You're not dra- I say, are you drafting any Broncos this year? I'm not drafting any Broncos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? So, so just to kind of get back, here's another hot take for you. And I swear to God, I'm not just throwing these out there to be a contrarian. I really believe in these. I think that Jerry Judy actually outproduces Cortland Sutton this year. So I'm a big, big Jerry Judy fan. But again... I don't I, I'm not a huge fan of that offense. So um, Noah Fant, it was interesting. If you looked at what he did with Locke last year, he didn't really get that many targets. But in week 13 and 14, he had 170 yards on six catches. So he's got that big playability. And especially at the tight end position, um, you know, a lot of times you're just kind of going for that home run. And I think that Fant is probably one of those who who has the, you know, the highest kind of yardage, big play upside out of all of them. Um, I, you know, I brought up Gasicki before too. He's someone who got a lot of targets, uh, but he, he's, he's had, I think him and Witten were the only ones that had zero evaded tackles after the catch last year. So, you know, does he do a whole lot with those targets? Um, if I had to rank them, I, I would say probably Hawkinson, Fant, Knox. Yeah, I would say. And and Knox, Knox, again, with the concerns with the Bills offense, I just don't like a lot yeah. of Bills passes this year. So that's my knock on Knox. So I have, other than I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just All saying right. one one quick comment is uh, I've I've been on record in saying this and I will go on record again on Sports Caffeine because I got to do it on my podcast. Uh, OJ Howard will be a Pro Bowler this year, Ooh. and and I th- I th- I'm telling you he's gonna be I'm telling you be ready for OJ Howard in your tight yeah. end league. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
Like that's what I was gonna ask other James here of the you know you if you don't get a Kittle or an Ertz or a Kelsey, who is the guy you're targeting at that tight end position? So I am. Uh, I'm just gonna come out flat and say it. I love Tyler Higby. I love Tyler Higby. I got a lot of love for the Rams uh, receiving cores and tight end. Um, I think Tyler Higby's the tight end four this year. Um, I think he slides in right after Mark Andrews. I think uh, oh, I forgot Mark Andrews though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't forget so about I Mark Andrews Tyler... there, Kristen. Come on now. Yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, How dare so you? Tyler, Tyler Higby is probably the tight end I'm highest on that I'm where I'm targeting him at his ADP. A couple other guys that I'm pretty high on is going to be Hayden Hurst. I think he slides mm-hmm. in Atlanta and he fits pretty well. He replaces Austin Hooper. I don't think he produces as much as Austin Hooper did last year, but I think he can get close. Um, John o. Smith is another one in, in Tennessee. Ah. I, yeah, I think he's. Um, I'm sorry. You, 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 you talk about John o. Smith and an old. So I got two. I, there's tight end. I love a couple of tight ends. Jack Doyle is an older one. I think he fits in well with Philip Rivers. And last one, and then Fancy Mike take it away. Uh, is Blake Jarwin? I think Blake Jarwin can have a really big year in Dallas. Yeah, those are all really good points. I actually wanted to bring up John o. Smith, but he's been in the league for like three years now. Um, so I was, I was keeping it before that. But John o. Smith is 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 my guy that I think is going to break out. He's going into his fourth year. And the reason why is if you just watch him play, he runs like a gazelle. I mean, tight end should not move like that. They just shouldn't, period. <laughs> It's, it's insane. Um, I mean, I think that he had the most yards to have to catch tight ends last year. Um, and he actually um, was the second leading target getter behind A.J. Brown after Ryan Tannehill took over. So, you know, a lot of people are hoping for a big breakout from Corey Davis. Um, but and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself from saying the Titans don't throw the ball. But when they do, it's likely going to go to Brown and Janu. And I think, you know, especially at the tight end position where guys aren't getting all that many targets. Um, I think that John, who I've, I've been a record, I think John who's going to be a top 10 tight end this year, um, especially even, you know, touchdown wise, things like that. I'm a huge, huge John Smith guy for sure. I Absolutely. didn't hear OJ Howard's name anywhere. I watched Brady do some damage with tight ends over the last 20 years. Trust me, Brady knows how to use a tight end. I can tell you that. He can but, use multiple tight ends. Yeah, but he's got one he really, really likes. Over True. Howard, but but he's not going to be Gronk's much of an impact. As much. No, yeah. Gronk is not going to be Yeah. Breaks there, too. I kind of like Ian Thomas in Carolina. We didn't talk a lot about the Panthers, but I think Ian Thomas might actually be in Another sleeper breakout guy. I think Teddy Bridgewater and him might have that good chemistry. You got DJ Moore over there. Curtis Samuel, meet. We don't know what's going on with Curtis Samuel. Like, I oppose that breakout year over year, but oh, go ahead. I know. I two things. I agree with you 100% on both. I don't mean to just jump in there, but you yes. actually have my, my, my Curtis Samuel, a big sleeper here. But um, Ian Thomas is actually a perfect fit with Teddy Bridgewater. You're 100% right. He fits Teddy's playing style. He Teddy is not that big-armed guy. Um, he's probably going to look for kind of those, you know, short, easy targets. But then why would I be so in on Curtis Samuel? I mean, he was the guy that was up near the top of the, the league in air yards, and he's a deep threat, right? Wrong. He's not. Because that's what I kept telling myself was that he's just this guy that's going to be sent on a scene down the field. But he can do so much more than that. And I think, actually, that Curtis Samuel is going to be used on things like, you know, sweeps, quick screens, slant passes. Because what's really interesting is even though he's a wide receiver and you're wearing an Ohio State shirt – his last year in 2016, look at these numbers. So as a wide receiver, he had 74 catches for 865 yards and seven touchdowns. 
He actually had more touches as a running back. He had 97 rushes for 771 yards and eight touchdowns. This guy can really do it all. So stop thinking of Curtis Samuel as a deep threat. He actually could excel. And that's part of the reason that I've knocked DJ Moore down in my rankings lately, because I do think that Ian Thomas and Curtis Samuel are going to get a lot more targets in this. Yeah, I so watch Curtis Samuel as a Buckeye a lot. And he always he was he was that Mike Dobbins. It was Curtis Samuel was back there catching the ball in the backfield. So I do agree, Curtis Samuel. Every year I say he's a sleeper and he gets hurt or he doesn't have a good year. And then the year I don't draft him, he's gonna have a good year. <laughs> Chris Kristen, you always have to put in Ohio State somewhere into the show. You always have well, to Well, because we're so yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if the first Dobbins comment I even made, I would love to talk about well, Dobbins all day. I, I'd like to I'd like to know where Jameis Winston ranks on your quarterback oh, list. Oh, all right. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame, James, shame. Not on this show. No, no, no. Not on this show. So I want to I close out the show, guys. I want to ask you, you, all of you, actually. You know, we saw a lot of uh, players switch, te- switch teams, like big-name players switch teams. So I wanted to ask you, who is going to be making the, the biggest impact from the star players going to, to their prospective new teams or the ones that are just going to fall flat and be really, really bad on their new teams? So I'll start Don't, off. And you, better and, not say and, Tom, you better not say Tom Brady either. I won't start off then. I will. <laughs> no, no, I, I was going to go with Tom Brady. I think uh, he makes Tampa Bay a Super Bowl contender. Um, I think him with Evans and Godwin and Gronk and Bray and I, 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 I just I think he's gonna put up a monster year. Um, he's gonna try to prove all the doubters wrong. He's trying to prove that it was him and not Belichick. So uh, Tom Brady's my guy. So I know it's probably the easy way out, but I think he makes the biggest impact. Um, and once that I did notice, okay, it's actually interesting to me. Wide receivers who finished like 16 or higher and then change teams always have a down year. So I'm not going to go with a DeAndre Hopkins. I think my down guy is actually going to be Austin Hooper. I don't think Cleveland's going to use him as much as they did in Atlanta. So I think Hooper had a great year last year. I don't want, I mean, I'll have him as my tight end, but it's fine. I think Phillip Rivers is my guy. Like we said, with all those receivers, that offensive line playing in a dome, I think Phillip Rivers has a monster year and people Oh, my dad's favorite line is Philip Rivers is the most overrated quarterback ever. And I can't wait to prove my dad wrong this year. So I'm going Hooper, no, Rivers, yes. Um, I absolutely love the the Hooper pick. I wasn't even thinking that, but I did uh, say to someone a few weeks ago, I don't even think Hooper finishes as a tight end one. There's just way too many, uh, way too much competition for targets out there. I do think that Njoku is going to get used as well. Stefanski likes to use two tight ends. And if you actually look at the usage rates for Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith last year, they were pretty much neck and neck. So I think that Hooper is a very good player, but he is not going to get near the amount of targets. So that is a very, very good one. Um, but I, I guess, um, you know, I'll start off with the guy that I'm down on and then the guy that I'm super high on. So I'm glad you also brought up, too, that wide receivers, when they switch teams, don't typically do well. Uh, another uh, article I wrote as part of a series I'm doing right now, um, a guy that I'm going to be down on this year is actually Stefan Diggs. Um, and I know I've talked at length about the Bills already. They are just not a high-volume passing team. Again, Josh Allen had barely over 3,000 yards last year. Also, here's the thing. John Brown finished higher than Stefan Diggs last year in points per game and total points. He's not going away. John Brown is still going to be a big part of that offense. Oh, guess what? Cole Beasley had over 100 targets last year, too. And here's another stat for you. The Bills ran... The uh, three wide receiver sets 70% of the time. They're going to use multiple receivers. So people think that Stefan Diggs is going to go, and all of a sudden, because he's not under the shadow of Thielen, and he's going to be this stud number one wide receiver, he is not. 
I, I, that, that's, he's a guy that I'm not staying away from, but he's not someone I want to be drafted where he's going. Yeah, we but, actually talked about that on our last show, and I said Stefan Diggs would be that guy that a lot of people are high up on but may not produce where everybody thinks he's going to do. So, yeah, I agree. Right. And it doesn't have to do with talent. He's a very good receiver. In terms of efficiency rates or, or what he does, he's probably one of the best receivers in the league. He's just not in a great situation. Um, but my guy who's switching teams, who I think is going to be a monster this year, and I want all the shares, and I don't care. He is 25 years old. He has 60 touchdowns over the last four years. He averaged about 20 touches per game over the um, end of the season. He's doing just fine. Mr. Todd Gurley, baby. I don't understand why people are down on him, bro. Look at the stats. He has played 60 of six, 60 of the of last 64 games. Where are these injury concerns coming from? He has a, a, a knee issue. I understand it's a chronic knee issue. But taking a chance on him in redraft for one of the top offenses in the league where he is the clear cut, he has zero competition. I don't care about Edo Smith. I don't care about Ryan Hill. I don't care about Quadri Olsen. I do not care. Absolutely do not care at all. He is going to be a top 10 running back. You can take that to the bank. So it's Todd me, Gurley. Fool me. No, no, no. Fool no, me once. Fool me once. Shame nope. on me. Fool me twice. Shame on you. He, he averaged over 16 points a game at the last. Look at his numbers. Uh, he was averaging over 16 points a game at the last half our, of the season. Our other host, Chip, is going to love you. Chip is going to oh. watch this. Oh. Chip is going to Todd Gurley all day. Give me all the Gurley. I will never draft him again. Todd Gurley. Am I running back ever? All no right. way. Uh, your turn. Uh, for, He's just the host. Yeah, I'm just the host. Well, my, my pick was <laughs> Stefan was Stephon Diggs. I mean, we talked about it the other night on the show. I think that's one of the guys that's going to be, you know, he was really high in Minnesota. He was he was really breakout there. But going to a new team, I just – they're Buffalo is a run-heavy team. Their quarterback is a run-heavy quarterback. So I just don't see him putting up the numbers that everybody thinks he's going to do. I mean, he's going to be good. He's just a, he's just not going to be that good. So that's what I've got. And uh, going back to Atlanta, though, real quick, Hayden Hurst, I think, is going to have the big year. The guy switch teams is going to have that Austin Hooper role, and I think Hayden Hurst is going to have a very, very big year on there. So um, Watch out for Russell Gage, awesome. though, too. I agree. All right, I'm going to have to follow you guys oh. on Twitter because this has been awesome, and I want to talk way more fantasy with you. We didn't get to 90% of the things I wrote down. So <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate awesome, you coming on. You can follow Fantasy Mike on Twitter at FantasyMikeBBF, and you can also find uh, James, the fantasy football executionist, at his Twitter page, at FFExecutionist on Twitter. Guys, thanks a lot. Appreciate you. Uh, this has been Sports Caffeine. For myself, El Bushman, Kristen, and James, we will see you next time on Sports Caffeine. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports Caffeine. Available for streaming on FanStreamSports.com and FanStream Sports, the app.